0: This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities. It is Thursday, January 18th. I apologize for being gone the last couple days. I was assisting a friend with some issues. We got that taken care of and I am back. So we're going to take a look at what happened uh, last week on Friday where we had all these reports. I haven't had a chance to review them on this podcast, so I'd like to do that. So we'll start with the winter wheat plantings. That was the most important one, I think functionally speaking. So we had a total winter wheat plantings, uh, USDA's estimate is at 34.425 million acres. That is down 1.3 million from the average estimate, and it's down 2.53 from a year ago. So we were leaning toward a drop of around one and a half to two million acres, and it even was bigger than that. For hard red winter wheat, 24 million acres even, that was down 1.1 million from the estimate and down 1.3 million from a year ago. Soft red at 6.86 million acres, that's down 200,000 from the estimate and down 1 million from a year ago. And then white wheat at 3.54 million acres was down just 45,000 from the estimate and down about 200,000 from a year ago. So when we look at the state-by-state breakdown for hard red winter wheat, Texas is at 5.9 million acres, down 500,000 from a year ago. That's a drop of 8%. Oklahoma down 4, excuse me, at 4.3 million acres. That's down 250,000 from a year ago. That's a drop of 5%. Kansas 7.5 million acres, down 600,000 from last year. That's a drop of 7%. Nebraska at 1.04 million acres, that's down 90,000 from last year, drop of 8%. Colorado at 2.0 million acres, down 300,000, that's a drop of 13%. South Dakota at 940,000 acres was up 20,000 from a year ago, and that's up 2%. Montana at 1.9 million acres is up 50,000 from last year, that's an increase of 3%. For soft red winter wheat, Illinois at 860,000 acres, up 20,000, that's up 2%. Indiana at 425,000 acres, up 20,000, that's up 5%. Ohio at 550,000 acres, that is down 100,000 from a year ago, it's a drop of 15%. And Missouri at 800,000 acres, that's up 20,000, an increase of 3%. So, leaning toward an increase in acres for soft red, but uh, definitely down in the hard red category. So overall we're down about 6% in winter wheat plantings from a year ago. So we'll look at the quarterly stocks report. Uh, We had wheat at 1.41 billion bushels. That is as of December 1. That was up 23 million over the average estimate and up 100 million over a year ago. For corn, stocks as of December 1 were at 12.169 billion bushels, up 119 million over the average estimate, and up 1.348 billion over a year ago. So just a huge difference in corn. Soybeans at 3.0 billion bushels, that was up 25 million over the average estimate, and down uh, 21 million from where we were a year ago. Now, looking at uh, the final production estimates for corn and soybeans, taking a look first at harvested acres for corn at 86.5 million acres was down a half a million from the average estimate and up 7.3 over last year. Soybeans at 82.4 million acres was down 300,000 from uh, the average estimate and down 3.9 million from a year ago. Yields for corn, 177.3. That was a pretty big surprise to the trade. That was up 2.4 bushels an acre over the average estimate and over where we were a a month ago. And it's up four bushels an acre over a year ago. In soybeans average yield at uh, 50.6. That was up 0.7 over last month and also over the average estimate and up 1.1 over a year ago. So clearly, Uh, The crop came on strong later in the season, and uh, USDA just had not accounted for it yet. So total production for corn at 15.3 billion bushels was up 116 million over the average estimate and up 1.6 billion over a year ago. And soybeans at 4.165 billion bushels, that was up 31 million over the average estimate and down 111 million from where we were a year ago. And taking a look at the world numbers real quick uh, for wheat. U.S. wheat production was left unchanged at 49.3 million tons. Everybody else was pretty much left unchanged except for some minor adjustments. China was dropped a half a million tons. They're sitting at 137. Uh, Russia was increased 1 million tons, so USDA has them at 91. And Ukraine was increased 900,000 tons, so they're sitting at 23.4 Uh, million tons for total production. So I think the takeaway here is that USDA is creeping higher on Russian production, but Russia is still hovering, you know, their own estimates are still hovering around 95. So USDA is still well below that. And it could be the Crimea production. USDA does not recognize Crimea as Russian territory. In corn uh, production for U.S., corn was increased 2.9 million tons to 389.7. And for Brazil, it was lowered 2 million tons at 127. But there was a huge increase in Chinese production of 11.8 million tons. that took them up to 288.8. That probably is just a, a survey adjustment. You know, China coming in with some much different You know, doing a way up and uh, finding they had a lot more corn on hand than expected. And all of the world increase basically came from China because the US and Brazil offset each other. World production was up 12 million tons, and again, China was up 11.8. In soybeans, some adjustments going on there. For Brazil, they took production down. 4 million tons to 157. That You know, we knew that was coming and it was necessary to get more in line with where Brazil is, which they're still a couple million tons below where USDA is. In Argentina, they increased soybean production 2 million tons to 50. And in China, they just increased it up 300,000 tons to 20. In the United States, uh, they increased it 1 million tons to 113.3. So, in South America, Brazil is still losing more than Argentina is gaining, but the net loss is, you know, with we can absorb that. It's, it, at this point, it's about a two to three million ton net loss coming out of South America. So obviously it's all Brazil. And over the last three weeks, Brazil has had much better weather in those key growing areas of central and northern Brazil. Looks like the rain is going to continue to come for that region, but it's going to get hot again in the southern, well, excuse me, in the central part of Brazil. So that could create some stress, but for the most part, you know, the, the weather pattern has changed, the rains are coming, and I think that for the most part, the soybean and corn crops at least will be stabilized, if not recovering even just a little bit. Yesterday we had Egypt in the market. They bought 360,000 tons of wheat. They took 60 from France, 300 from Russia. All of it was a 270-day line of credit, and all of it was at $260 FOB. For France, that was down 12 bucks from their offers last week, where Egypt bought another chunk of wheat and for Russia it was down $5 from a week ago. So both of them are right around, you know, cost and freight, the net cost is right around 285 per ton. And Algeria was in the market yesterday. They're right next to Egypt. So they also bought uh, 900,000 tons of wheat, but their net cost was 265 and a half. So that's a full $20 less than what Uh, Egypt paid for pretty much the same wheat. Uh, Origins include the EU, Ukraine, and France. They did not take any from Russia. Uh, I'm not sure why, but again, uh, paying quite a bit less than Egypt, basically just because they want it right away, they're going to pay right away. They're not extending out the payment a full nine months, which is, you know, it's a lot of risk to take on from the seller's standpoint. So moving forward, uh, we got weather issues. It's still cold in Russia. It's not quite as cold, but it's still 20 below in the central region, moving over to the Volga region to the Urals and of course into Siberia. For Siberia, it's not a big deal. That's where they just grow spring wheat. There's not any winter wheat there at risk. But when you look at the Volga in particular and also the central region, that is definitely at risk. And it's been cold for, you know, wicked cold for a couple weeks now. The southern part of Russia looks fine. They've warmed up quite a bit. So they did get some of that cold last week and it could be exposed. The wheat could be exposed to some winter kill. We'll just have to see how that all plays out come spring. But moisture has been very good across the Black Sea. The the, uh, Ukraine, southern region of Russia, up into the central and and pretty much across most of Russia, uh, moisture conditions are good. They've had quite a bit of rain. Um, So we, we don't expect that to be an issue, at least starting out the growing season. It's more a matter of the winter kill and that could become a, a very big factor for them. They've had some pretty easy winters over the last at least two if not three seasons. They've had stellar record crops. This could be a different story for them. They could be reverting to the mean which is typically 10% winter kill. They've not had that the last couple seasons. So we we could be, uh, it could be Mother Nature kind of getting back in line with the average. We talked about Brazil Uh, Here in the United States, snow cover is barely okay across the Northern Plains. Eastern Montana, where not a whole lot of winter wheat is grown, some, and into western North Dakota where there's very little winter wheat. So maybe not so much exposure there, but it was really cold across much of Montana without a lot of winter uh, snow cover, at least initially. There is more snow cover now. So there too. Um, It's not... a a, a given that we're going to make it through the winter without some notable winter kill across the northern plains. We've got a couple more days of uh, pretty darn cold across the northern plains, and then it warms up to above normal temperatures. So the whip sawing back and forth could be an issue as well. could melt off the snow, could cause some heating of the soil, which is very hard on young winter wheat plants, especially after they've had such a cold snap. So it's not been an easy winter so far, and it doesn't look like it's going to get much easier as we move forward. And the markets are also dealing with the transportation issues from the Panama Canal, you know, the drought causing water levels to be very low and really slowing down traffic there. And then, of course, you've got uh, the Red Sea issues in the Suez Canal with with the terrorist activity. So, you know, ships are being diverted way out of the way, and that's creating backlogs, it's creating much more expensive uh, transportation and i think that's a big part of what's pushing the wheat market down we're seeing an increase in demand for sure but the costs are just soaring and i think that's pressuring the futures market for all the grains for that matter and uh, wheat is chicago is finding support at these recent lows uh, Kansas City is breaking into new lows. Minneapolis is at their lows here from a, a month or so ago, a couple months ago. Corn breaking into new lows and soybeans as well, just kind of slipping. You know, for beans, are looking at the situation in Brazil being much better. Uh, soybeans look like they're just going to continue to work their way lower. And corn, probably the same thing. For wheat, it's trying to hold together, but the market's really struggling. You get some pretty strong days up and it can't even hang on to those gains that day. So there too, the market looks like it's going to continue to drift lower. Maybe Chicago will come back down and test those November lows like Kansas City is doing at the moment and where Minneapolis took them out here already a week ago. So all the grains are struggling. The transportation cost is a big part of that, but also just much better production conditions in South America are are a huge drag on corn and soybeans, at least for the short term. If you have any questions, feel free to call 1-800-888-9843. This has been Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities.